podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I'm Justin. My brother, Justice Raji. Um... Well, it is a glorious uh, time of recording. Uh, we are here, um, you know, as many would see as the end of the summer. You know, the, 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 not the um, uh, astronomical, you know, right. not astrological, astronomical, because the equinox is an astronomical Uh-oh. phenomenon Uh-oh. that some of y'all may engage from an astrological perspective, Uh-oh. but, you know, that's for another discussion. We already starting this morning. See, oh, yeah, man. I just, I ain't... Okay. No, that's a really that's a really saying. good point though. It, it, I think I think because we people should ground that it's actually like an event, <laughs> right? Like it's an event where you know planetary things are are happening, right? Yeah. And like from an astronomy perspective, yeah, like you have affixed other things to it, yeah. but it's existing regardless, right? Like the Earth is actually like the day, the time of the day <laughs> is actually you know on the equinox. It's not just you know whatever you may. Right, with, from whatever you connect from to. metaphysical reality. Right, right, right It's right, also right. a real physical reality. But it's also when kids got to go back to school. That's how we know it's the end of the summer right. in, in life. Because <laughs> your kids got to go back to school. So you be like, it's the end of summer. Go to Old Navy. Or yeah. back in the day, Foreman Mills. Go get you some outfits. Oh, man, Foreman Mills. Yeah, Foreman Mills. Yeah, I mean, well, that's, I mean, aside, I know this was where we was going to start. But do you, you recall that feeling, though, like summer's over? You be like, oh, oh man, man, summer's over. Like, so, I mean, you know what's crazy? It's been a whole bunch of end of summer that ain't meant nothing for me. Right, <laughs> end of summer right. ain't, ain't meant nothing in a long time. I still get that feeling. There's still a feeling of when it shifts. And maybe it's just because the collective everybody's like, okay, we're moving over here. Mm-hmm. But there's still that feeling of like, oh, man, summer's over. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even to the point of like the, the last summer songs, mm-hmm. right? Like people try to get stuff in before that drops. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, back in... Back when we was coming up, I think it was actually even more particular about like end of summer and what that meant. And yeah. like, you know, the last time you go to like Dorney Park or Why Would a Kingdom of <laughs> right, Great Adventure, right? right? Uh, what was that other park over y'all way? Um, let me see. You got Dorney Park, Wild Wild Kingdom, you got the Great Adventure. Yeah, Great Adventure. You got uh, Clementon. Clementon Park. Clementon Park. Um, yeah. Clementon Park became like the Puerto Rican National Park. I, at some point, I started to be like, man, <laughs> like, you didn't know that like, Whatever day you went, there was a good chance that somebody's family who <laughs> Puerto Rico was gonna have an event. Hey, they was there too. Family joints, they had uh, like reunions or the, I don't know yeah. if they reunions, whatever. You know what yeah, Clemens. Posse Deep. Yeah. Um, Hershey Park. Hershey Park. Yeah, you know I mean. Did you go to Action? Cause you know, you remember you see them commercials for Action Park up in New York, like in North Jersey. You ever remember oh, those commercials? I never went. I always wanted to go. I don't think I ever, I went to, we did go to Alpine Slide in the Poconos somewhere. Like, okay. Like, like, I think at like a timeshare. Okay. Like, not, like, you ever see the signs of Bushkill Falls? Yeah. 
We ain't never go to Bushkill Falls, but on the way to Bushkill Falls, it's another <laughs> Somebody, place. Right. It's called Fernwood. <laughs> so if I, I you like Bushkill Falls, you'll love this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like man, I, I, I still don't know what's up the road to Bushkill Falls because you had to keep going, and then the road goes around a bend. I don't know what's around that bend. I ain't never been up there. One day. Yeah, Action Park. You know, they got a documentary on Action Park for how many people, like, got harmed. And oh, snap. Uh, HBO got a joint. They call it, like, Murder Park. Like, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It looked dangerous. Yeah, I ain't never it, go. It did. Well, it looked, you know, that was, like, one of the things. And it, there's an interesting part to this conversation, um, not to go too far into it, but when every when every individual city or metropolitan region had their own television stuff, right? Mm, mm-hmm. So, you know, when you got cable, you would get WGN from Chicago, yeah, yeah. right? And everything would start like an hour later or earlier. Yeah, and you yeah. got thrown off. <laughs> like, 705. Yeah. <laughs> 705 Eastern. Uh, and then um, Channel 9, mm-hmm. right? With New York's channels, right? So, they would show the Action Park with like when Morton Downey Jr. would come on and everything. Yeah, if y'all young, y'all know about Morton Downey. Y'all should, Morton Downey Jr. Y'all should really go check that show out. It, if you can find it on YouTube, is it is the classic late eighties, Jack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, like so you would watch all these things, but so you would see this stuff from other places and be like, uh, I would use watch like Action Park. It's like, oh man, that looks interesting. And then later, I kind of find out like people died and like fell off. Uh, rides and shit, but yeah. So I mean, so the, the end of the summer, the end of the summer was always like a thing. And then when you start having children, you kind of it starts living again, right? Because mm-hmm. then your children have their own. All right, it's in the summer. Oh, school starts next week. Yeah, they got their own stuff about. It. I think it's a little. I mean, it might be different in this day and time. I think than it was for us. Uh, you know, I don't know with styles and you know, I guess global warming and everything. I feel like you know, how, like when you when you got new clothes, mm-hmm. you would get your your parents, your family would get you all this like stuff for like October and November, right, right, right. but it You'd still like, was hot. You like, damn, want to wear that? It's too hot. It's too hot. That. I can't wear that yet. Yeah, like day like first day of seventh grade, I just wore a hoodie. I, I wore like a sweatshirt and did a sweatshirt just cause like y'all go get y'all gonna get this work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coming in. Okay, what up? Okay, well, how if it's 90 degrees? So I think kids in this day and time, they like, the new outfit ain't as important because it's still like warm, so they're still like playing it out yeah, differently. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if it, um, I know the, the, the sneakers thing, at least when I last was working in a middle school, like, either they had uniforms, like the sneaker thing was still, you know what I'm saying, a bag or whatever the particular, you know, I'm, I'm back at school, you know, look at my backpack. You know what I'm saying? Type time. Like, that still was a thing. Because, you, you know, I, I was asked recently about uniforms. And I was like, well, you know, the intended idea is sometimes achieved, but sometimes you just end up where the other things still become the thing where folks, is, if, if you're trying to prevent the kids from associating, you know, status via clothes. Now, if you're trying to make it simpler on families, which it can be, like, look, just get, like, you know, if we all wearing the same thing, <laughs> if 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 your family ain't got it, we can we can put it together. Right, you know what I'm right. saying? Get you some pants and a, and, a, and a polo, and your babies don't feel like they totally out of the out the pocket. So I dig that part. Right, right. Yeah, you know I mean, but the if you if you trying to prevent the the flexing, it ain't. Humans are gonna find a way to flex <laughs> on each other. <laughs> uh, humans are gonna find a way to distinguish themselves, man. Like I, to your, I mean, I agree with totally, hundred percent. I think. You know, the idea of, hey, we're going to kind of minimize some of the challenges that that emerge for particular articles of clothing, Mm -hmm. which I think were a hallmark of our childhood, right? Like the particular 
the particular thing of clothing that could get stolen, right? right? Like, dude stole my starter coat. Starter jacket. I was about to say. I was about to say. Which one do you have? Giants. I'm at Notre Dame joint. Oh yeah, Notre Dame had green the, joint. Or I, blue I had the blue one. Oh, you the blue one. Ooh. Got stole it out of my locker. I'm still looking for my. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna locate that that start. Somebody gonna slip. They gonna say store. Yo, I stole a lot, and I'm. I ain't gonna. I ain't Don't gonna do nothing. Man. I'm you gonna just let them know like that wasn't cool, black man. Delegation now, man. I'm gonna you let them know be, that wasn't cool. You can't be a. You shouldn't have stole my stuff, man. You can't be. You can't be. My mama uh, gave me that. <laughs> Out so, here stealing. And so, so that really, just, yeah, that, that was a real thing. So the idea, like, okay, we're not gonna make this a big deal, but like you said, just gonna be the book bag. Right. It's just gonna be the sneakers. Like they're gonna find a way to make a distinction. It's, it's, it's gonna be, be how clean the outfit, and sometimes. You know, like the brother, uh, the principal Akbar up on the west side of Newark. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, everybody wearing uniforms, you think it makes sense. But then you find out that some families ain't got situations to be able to be washing these clothes every four days. You know what I'm saying? Right, like right. You could, it could seem small, but the idea of washing this same shirt four times and then how does a kid feel when you washed it four Every four days for for like four months, right? Start being the shirt don't, don't look, look the, same. the same, right? So, you you know, I mean, again, I totally agree with you, guy. Like, right. we, you know, it's important to make those distinctions and be helpful for families if that's the public policy or the the intended thing. But the idea that like you know, because you're having a hybrid of Catholic school, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's just be real about it. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, you're having Catholic school without it being Catholic school. And even for people who know when, you know, black Catholic school was, you still had Jordans on. Right. <laughs> or you took a Jordan, you wore Jordans and had them outside until you went to school and then changed, you know, put boat shoes on. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to West Catholic. <laughs> like, so I just think, uh, you know, you can be off on that. But if it's, you know, trying to solve it. But, yeah, the school, the back to school closing thing was always a thing. Mm. And so, you know, is it? Closing the summer, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, I don't know, there's a bevy of topics or, or points that that kind of punctuated. I mean, but um, I mean, just so those that know know, you know, we are actually in the same physical presence. So, yes, um, to a degree, you got to experience a bit of closing the summer in in, in a very Pacific Northwest way. Um, yeah, like what are what what's just something that has stood out to you? Like this particular year, what we going through, you know, pandemic, you know, hopefully getting somewhere closer to some sort of, I don't know. You know, I, I think we should. Down. I think like, there's one thing at? there. Put you know, America, you are going to have to live with this. <laughs> like yeah. this isn't, you know, we live in a country that likes to have an issue and get rid of an issue, mm -hmm. right? Something happens, we fix it. Right? Like, does something come up? Okay. Like, think about civil rights movement, the black power movement. It's a problem? Oh, okay. Give them some jobs. Right? It just a thing happen? Okay. Resolve it like this. We're now in a place in this country where the problems and the stressors are long term. Mm -hmm. So when we look at, you know, COVID and its various mutations, we're here, you know, to quote Jada, COVID is outside, mm -hmm. or like or Joe Cracks, COVID's in the building, man. It's going to be here, yeah. right? We're going to get a new variant, and it's going to do something different, right? And so we just have to get used to that and can't think that this was a messy part of our lives that then you can put bookends on. And mm -hmm. I think 
I think we all were we all have been framed to see things like that in this country for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, one here having some of the most stringent rules. Um, I think this is of all the places I've been. This is the one that's like most observant of like everybody having masks on when you go inside somewhere. Like, because other places where it's kind of like we would like you to wear a mask, <laughs> but we can't really tell you to wear a mask. But we would like you to please wear a mask. But you know what I'm saying? Right, right. We don't have it. We don't feel. We don't have the temerity to be like, yo, we, yo, you gotta put the mask on. Yeah, like this is like a yeah. place where it's kind of like people like yo have a mask on everywhere. Elevated gym, no matter what, keep your mask on, right? <laughs> so, you know, I think you know we're working working through that. I mean, I think the the end of this summer also represents kind of like a release of the id in many ways because, like, you know, last last year it's like you didn't really have a summer. Then mm. this year it felt like you was about to have a super summer, like in June, right. but like the world <laughs> was about to really be open. Yeah. And then things didn't kind of open like you thought the world was going to be yeah. open. But people are now in a place of, like, the world's open. Like, you can't kind of close the door, which is why I'm saying about we have mm-hmm. to live with this. You can't close the door. Right. People are, you know what I mean? So, you know, another thing I was thinking about with with the end of summer, too, and I guess this is particular to what we just kind of, like, you know, have been seeing, um, it's just the climate. Like, again, another thing that, like, yo, you're not going to get away from this, right? Yeah. And I think climate has been an interesting thing for us, for for America, but for black folks in particular, because the the elements of climate that we knew to be, like, really harmful to, like, loss of life and injury, right? Mm-hmm. You knew that New Orleans was going to get something like that, and you knew Miami gets hurricanes, right? So you kind of knew them two places— and also, you know, to be clear, the resulting elements of like, you know, Alabama, Mississippi, which sometimes we don't talk about mm-hmm. when we talk about those kind of places. But if you just think about like what happened with the the hurricane just happened, was it Ida? Yeah. Ida. Hits New Orleans, hits Philadelphia and New York and turns an expressway into a river. Mm-hmm. Right. Like. And that's on top of all these torrential downpours. New York has the flooding subways for the second time in the summer. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, this is something different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it raised, too. I mean, um, I, did, I read you know several stories of the flooding in other neighborhoods in Philly. You know what I mean? Which are some... In some part, due to infrastructure right. issues. Not just, like, the lay of the land and, like, oh, natural floodplain, any of that. But right. also, like old infrastructure that couldn't get the water out. Um, right. The basement, um, there's a real good article in New York Times about the, the basement apartment deaths oh. in, in Queens. You know what I'm saying? Queens and well, in New York City, but many, many of them in Queens, right? And, you know, that is a, is a multi-level issue because it's a, it's a climate issue, but it's a housing issue. Right. <laughs> it's an infrastructure issue. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, um, it, it's an economic issue from the context that for... So for many of them, from those families, that's the affordable housing they could access. But also for sometimes the folks that's written to them, that was the way that they could keep their situation flow. And, and, you know, they ain't mean no ill will to the right. no, folks. No. they just like, yo, this is, I can put this together. It's, it's, it's a, you know what I mean? So it's a it's a real fraught circumstance there. Yeah, that, that, like, that's something now that you say that because you're thinking about, there's a perspective of New York, in that sense, has this form of naturally um, um, occurring affordable housing. Mm-hmm. 
with these basement apartments, right? It has this place that's relatively small. Everyone knows people can live there, but that does give more people the opportunity to live in a place, right? Without it being, and it's 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 there. Like it's not like you're building something to have a basement apartment. You're right, not right, right. Same time, that's where a lot of a lot of um, folks of, of different countries of origin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, are living right that fuel the economy. To your point, mm-hmm. and so when climate. Climate has always been something that was existential, mm-hmm. right? And now we're getting situations where climate in real ways are impacting the economy. Just listening to a podcast, um, the Ezra Klein podcast, uh, you know, I'll say his name because I respect his stuff, um, that he was doing with some folks from the Roosevelt Institute. And they were just talking about now, for the first time, the Fed can actually quantify the cost of climate emergencies Mm. on the economy like they're not they're not just like these you know los angeles has an earthquake Mm -hmm. (laughs) san francisco has earthquake every now and then this is like yo all year people getting hit right Mm -hmm. like with these these storms so there's a fed there's an argument of how does the fed actually rearrange markets to incentivize or de-incentivize activity based on climate so if you think about us having to get to this place where like the the actual actual central bank has to write this in right. to the equations. Right. Well, and I think, you know, adding to that and I mean we had some haze here when you came in, you know, which was due to fire smoke. Um and you know, fires some of the big fires and what's are still going, just the the smoke isn't blown this way. Um you know right. that that as a feature of expectation, right? That like okay, uh, like you know, last year this time when you know what I'm saying the winds changed direction and you know basically made it's in in hospitable outside for two weeks. Like literally this weekend last year, came home like oh man, it was a great trip. <laughs> then. Wind changed direction, and within five or six hours, it was, you know, orange skies. Oh, yeah, totally forgot about you that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that ain't, it didn't leave for two weeks. It was like, you know, 432, 452 on the uh, the air quality joint. And, you know, which, you know, I was more or less, you know, I have the fortune and the circumstance to have a home and have AC, like, you know, systems where, like, yeah, I can stay in the crib and be relatively comfortable for four days, <laughs> you know, then venture out, you know, when it cleared a little to get some more food died out and not have it throw off my world too much. But everybody is not situated that way. Yeah, um, and, you know, what type of system do you, what type of emergency sheltering do you design for those types of con- constructs? And then what's the, what's the pickup? We, you know, we had conversations like, you know, is it safe for someone to go out to pick up people to get them off the street if they want to get off the street? Like it's a lot of layers that require planning and thought um, and climate is, you know, needs to be within that. But I, I, I hope that when folks think about, think about the climate part, they think about it from a, well, and it's, you know, someone that's better at school can tell me that when we're getting into like either planning or organizing, you know, in terms of some of our systems, what things do we need to do to make people be able to be, you know, at peace or be comfortable or be safe in the midst of an event, um, not just the, you know, the preventative piece, right? right? And the preventative piece is, 
is future and long and adjusting, you know, uh, you know, our uh, consumption uh, as as overall system because we know um, the focus on individual <laughs> behaviors is, is a is a product of folks that don't want you to look at the scale. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you know, even though I do think you please keep recycling, also don't you know don't pump your chest out too far because just because you, you know, these are local these are local grapes you know what I'm saying I just got those from over the valley like that's nice I'm glad you helped the local farm you didn't save the planet <laughs> necessarily right. by right. doing that in, in that context well, it's also a very American way to look at the world yeah like not to change the system but your individual activity yeah I'm just gonna stop you know right like and so yeah if somebody's like hey man you know you saved two trees and it's like oh well okay cool but you we are participating in a whole host of other activities that the scale yeah. overwhelms our individual activities but there's also a psychology to that i think about people understanding the american psyche and scaring people mm-hmm. because it has been so based on the individual's thing mm-hmm. that whenever you start talking about systems you invariably get kickbacks of people like uh no. <laughs> right? Look at what was going on with race. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I had to face it because I knew it was systemic because I seen a cop kill George Floyd and put his have his uh, on knee on his neck. I saw it. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, okay, it's race is a bigger deal as y'all think it is. Right? I mean, and like I said, climate it might be the only thing that's like, well, it's a big thing because your crib just flooded. Mm-hmm. Right. But then again, it's almost like, OK, so when you start to ask someone, well, what is the appropriate individual answer mm-hmm. for the scale of your current problem? Mm-hmm. There's no answer for that. Right. right. So then people just stay with their smaller thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know. All right. Um, so, you know, so with that base, it's just the idea that like. The thing I was thinking about is that we we talking about rules, right? And like, what are the rules that you know we don't we? What are the rules that we allow the large the things that operate at that larger scale to operate under, mm. right? And you know that's the value of why the EPA, you know, whatever its faults was, did have bipartisan support <laughs> when mm-hmm. it was created, right? It yeah. was because this impacts everybody, um, you know. The the framing of being, you know, asking business, you know, what do you do when you make, you know, us, you know, a eight dollar t shirt? How do you make that affordable for you? How do you make that make money for you? And then go like, don't worry about how we make that make money for us. Just enjoy this eight dollar t shirt. Aren't you so happy to have the eight dollar t shirt? It's like, I mean, I'm kind of happy, but I'm a little bit concerned. Right, (laughs) right. That like, I know at some point it probably costs more money than that. Right. To make this $8. Right. Or so. the impact it's going to have on us all is going to be more than this $8. That's another part that wasn't actually in that podcast. It's just like talking about what do you do when businesses and their models, and this was this was more just antitrust power than, than climate, but we can mm-hmm. extend it there. Yeah. When a business does something and is generally liked by the public, right? Like this is not a... We're trying to take down, you know, U.S. Steel or Rockefeller, right? Mm-hmm. This is like you want to take down Amazon and get you some stuff relatively fast. We could argue, could they, <laughs> could they wait and do less routes and get more stuff to you at one time? Probably, mm-hmm. right? It is probably a. I mean, if you look at what they moved, there's probably a scale issue there. Yeah, the logistics of which could boggle the brain, mm-hmm. right? 
but you wanted it in two days. Right. You're like, man, I need I man, I'm so excited to get this in two days. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, yeah, like you got so you got this reality of like how do you then get to people mm-hmm. and say, Hey, we want you we want to you to hold this company that you support to higher standards of climate. And then they tell you that they have, you know, replaced a tree in Africa or something. And you probably think to yourself, well, that's a great oh, thing. They need that, Africa. Africa need trees. Yeah. That, right. Which <laughs> right. All, this is a whole nother narrative, <laughs> right? Whole... And so just really thinking about like, how do you do that? And, and how do the people inspired rules, right? Cause you're going to have to have system inspired rules. Theoretically that we assume mm-hmm. that the systems are ready for today's problems, which is, I think, is another component yeah. mm-hmm. because, again, the problems of today are rapidly evolving. And the question is, are the perspectives of the people who are running the thing, are the, the, the solutions evolving as fast as the problem is evolving? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, the, the how the rules, how people think about the rules will determine what we do but one thing is for certain two things is for sure when you have the largest city in america that the subways flood and can't be used right like when you have situations that all three airports in new york shut down mm-hmm. right like you're just we're talking about another level of logistical nightmare when we're talking about houston and like going from Harvey to winter storms and people can't eat for days, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like these are very practical, economically um, severe consequences, man. So I, you know, I think at the end, the end of the summer to me really represented like climate being fully outside. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, something else circling back to that in expectations of like what the summer started, like oh man, you know, like people are gonna be going out and. And, and you know, you know, I think the movie industry points to like one thing where like I've gone to the movies to watch a movie and it was sufficient people in there. It wasn't wall to wall, right? Um, you know, and as it is here, everybody had masks on, you know, they they here they don't they don't ask you your vaccine status or nothing to go to the joint, but you do gotta wear a mask. You know, which to me is a hundred percent fair trade off. Um but I think the idea that um that people would still be reluctant to just run out to whatever mass thing that you used to do and not mm-hmm. think about twice, I think is, um, I think it's proven true, right? That people are like, people are like, yeah, I'm gonna go outside, but you know, now some people, maybe they want to go to everything, but you know, I think most folks are like, I have certain things that I really want to do or that I really enjoy that I'm willing to take some risk for, you know, some of that for some people that might even just been going on a flight at all. Right. For some people that's going to an outdoor, you know, music concert or something like that. But the, you know, I, I think the expectation that early on, I felt in June, May, June, there may have been a little bit too much comfort with going like, maybe everything will just be cool. Right. Where, where, you know, where we maybe could have went. Everybody, let's all just still keep wearing, rocking these masks. <laughs> let's keep rocking the mask. Like, go outside, but everybody, let's keep rocking the mask. You know, you can't go back and undo what you, what's been done. But, you know, I think it's it's, a, it's interesting as we transition to the winter or the fall, you know, to get to the winter. Um, you know, will people move to, I think people don't have the, 
we don't have to resolve anymore. Like it's like it's too much to not be active, oh, right? Yeah. To not move around and not do yeah. do some semblance of like the processes that you are accustomed to. You know, some that are not necessarily undue processes in any way. Right. Um, you know, where do we find the equilibrium? And like even here when folks, you know, trying to organize little events or other stuff, and you're like, you know, once it gets to October, like it might be a nice, pleasant day, but it might rain or it might be a little wet. It might be a little chilly to be outside for, you know, umpteen hours. So what do you do? How do you plan? How do you think about that? Um, you know, what's the scale of size if you need to get people together to talk about something? And I think there's a lot of other people are like, yo, I need to get together to talk to people about this. I can't, right. I can't do it on the on the video call or whatever right. particular platform. So I think, um, you know, and, and not to mention it's the anxiety of kids being in school all day, you know. Some folks is like, oh, it's gonna be great, you know. Like, it's not the, you know, my child's now a high schooler, so I'm a little bit, you know, different perspective. If I had like little littles, I might be a little more like, I don't know how this is gonna go. You know what I'm saying? They in there all day, um, you know, with 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 the, with the you know with the structure and the and the spread of things. So, um, you know, it's a it's it's a a less anticipatory transition like less ex- exciting rather it's really where i was going like ooh, yeah like, man like this is gonna be such a great fall it's like eh, well let's just see what happens like right right <laughs> I, I, you're right i think we had a i don't call it overreach but i think it was just expectation i think the markets and and the con and the traditional mood of the country was as such where people felt like they needed uh, they needed some uh dates again those bookmarks mm-hmm. right when is this over? And okay, if you need me to do something a little longer for it to be over, over, that's fine. Yeah. So when someone said, yeah, we should be over by this. <laughs> and they said, okay, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> but when you just told me it's over, it's over. Hey. You can't come back to me. Say, it, you know, it ain't over. And, and it's an interesting, it's, uh, it's also an interesting thing. Uh, uh, you know, short with this, but around the understanding of public health. Mm-hmm how we understand authority in this country because it's like public health scientists, they're, they're, they're scientists, meaning there's a thing. Here's the, what they understand is the best solution for a thing. Mm-hmm. They're going to talk to you as the thing is absolute. Mm-hmm. The thing will change. Yeah. They will come back and tell you, here's an addendum or here's a new thing. Our society is not structured for that. Yeah. Our society is not structured for iterative responses on the next best solution and pivot. It's is it up or down? Is it it's binary like we built on yesterday? Yeah. It's binary, right? And if you gave me, if you told me I'm gonna be outside by June, and in June you tell me wait a little longer to save people's lives, I did this for you because you said June. <laughs> I'm not going in August. Right. I'm going now. I want to go to the I beach. Don't, I don't care that much about them people. <laughs> For real. Yeah. If we keep it at a bean, I don't care much about them people, especially when it became a vaccinated versus unvaccinated. I'm not going to get into that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. from a framing Right, thing, the framing of the conversation, it was a... That becomes very difficult. Yeah. Because, quote, unquote, who are you saving? It's one thing they were saying, saving all the elderly. Right, people are like, okay, I get that. Okay, saving the kids. Okay, I get that. But then you start. Then peep. Then it starts to be a frame like you just might be saving somebody who 
chose not to do what maybe you chose to do for a variety of reasons, no judgments and statements about none of that, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a hard framing in this country, right? Yeah. And that now you really got school boards being used as weapons around masks and vaccinations, right? And mm-hmm. which just portends for the future again of how America is going to deal. We just again that we just don't deal with long term issues in a in a protracted you know kind of healthy way. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know I think if we can, um, well, yeah. Disappointing. <laughs> takes takes a bit of the shine off of the you know the 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 end. like oh man by the time we get to September it's gonna be you know we might be golden grams it's like nah we just gonna be endemic and we just you know every year gonna have to manage like yo it was a flare up you know what I mean like wherever it goes like you know what I mean like oh man they had, they had an outbreak you know in this town or this city yeah, and um yeah. you know it's uh yeah it is what it is as they say you know what I mean uh. What else did I have on the on the transitions? Um, I mean, I mean, so speak. This might be the good window to, to speak to it. I had a personal, professional transition. You know what I'm saying? Um, again, this podcast is never the um, the the um, in any way to be construed as uh, the 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 endorsing uh, vehicle of any place I'm employed or work that I do necessarily. <laughs> Um, but I am, you know, I am the person that's doing it. So um, I left my old uh, my old job, place I've worked for the last um, best about eight years, uh, you know, managing and working in program youth and families involved with the criminal justice system, to take on a role um, as director of the Reimagine Oregon Project, um, which is, I'll say in short, because you'll be able to maybe learn more in a more detailed way, Later, but you know, you can say you know, accounting public policy accountability uh, to you know, in terms of the needs and, and the issues affecting Black people and others, um, but you know, targeting specifically Black people um, in Oregon. And you know, when you're changing, you know, the, the part I wanted to land on is is you know, making having a very intentional process for myself to transition. <laughs> from the work that I was doing and using most of this month of August to do that. Um, you know, to it's a change in priorities and a change in, in what the stresses will be within the work itself. Um, it's still serious work. It, you know, it's still work uh, related to serving our people and, and the people as I see it. Um, but also, you know, in there, I got to have, you know, a few weeks of like just being on my own schedule which has been quite refreshing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a um in my own lifetime, I think I think maybe one or two job transitions that I really like had took more than a week like from this job to that job, like usually it was like, all right, done on Friday, Monday. Start the new job. Yeah, right. I and am. you and you feel <laughs> and you actually kinda you grow up and learn that that idea is like, Oh yeah, I'm man, start on Friday. Stopped on Friday, started on Monday, back to the grind, right? Yeah. Which becomes that life of living life based on indefined where you work at. Right. Not like who you are. Yeah, like, you know, you as a, well, I don't know, I know somebody in that, that realm of uh, scholarly work. I think it's like, like, you know, you're not defined by your employer, brother. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But the, but also just the, um, the space that it, it it's, it's emotional, <laughs> You know, leaving somewhere that you work, and it's there's a there's an excitement and a risk in in starting something new, um, 
But also in between there is the is right. Frankly, you know what the in, the energy you put into whatever you do, you know, with your time professionally, like how it impacts you, the way you feel, how it impacts the way you rest, the way you wake, um, what cues you think you need to be responding to, like all of that stuff. You may not surface when you're doing it, mm. like you don't. But when you stop doing it, and then you're like, oh wait, I don't have to. I don't got to check my phone. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't got to check mm-hmm. my phone for this. I don't got to, uh, I don't got to go, you know, look for this email or, you know, you know, not to be mindful of, the, you know, whatever happened with, you know, what's going on with a with a staff member or with a client or tracking an issue. Um, and I think you, for me, it was interesting just having some space um, to f- allow myself to feel letting go. And starting to prepare myself to attach, you know, to the new thing, you know, to the new work, um, you know, in there. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll hold for a second um, and say, you know, it's, uh, you know, for, for you, what 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 is the aspect of, of transition as it pertains to, to, to that work that, um, that you about? Well, one, I think I want to t- touch on one piece about when you're doing work in service of people. And how I just thought about how, like, you know, when you're working in service of people, you, even your cortisol levels are, t- like, kind of become attuned to, like, the nature of that job. So it was like, mm-hmm. for you, obviously, if a young person's dealing with trauma, dealing with life and death, like, that energy, you start dealing with that. Your cortisol mm-hmm. goes up when you hear this kid got shot or there was a shootout or no one knows what happened yet. Like, mm-hmm. and those, those are things that you just learn to live with. Just like people in trauma learn to live with it, people who are serving people in trauma often learn to live with a kind of sometimes an energy disruption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how we don't take that, we don't write that into the work that people are often doing for that because it's like people work and, and noble, and sometimes you don't have to have a whole bunch of degrees. We don't write in the fact of the how how that trauma impacts everybody. Mm-hmm. And, or just the very nature of like I'm doing work on behalf of people, especially in a very like um, you know serving them individually, like you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. um, kind of engagement that you can find yourself so so connected. So I think with those transitions, one of the big things I think about is like how do you transition out of a crisis mentality into trying to do the things with systems that are big enough to resolve crisis. Mm, mm-hmm, mm. Like, so you're not in that crisis mode. Cause when someone gets hurt, when you hear ambulances, like, you know, one thing just working, um, you know, working in the municipal context, when you hear ambulances by your house and your first thing is who got shot. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though there's not necessarily enough information there for right, you to right. ascertain to have that feeling first. Right, mm-hmm. that you know what I mean. Like your 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 neurons are fired. Okay, who got shot? I hope was okay. Right, and so that's stress, and it's stress that often is unresolved. Like it's not like you did that and then you went and meditated, <laughs> or then you did that and got some resolution. You just were stressed because you thought somebody got hurt, or when you got to read an article, mm-hmm. right, and your and your cortisol goes up, or especially Twitter. And I, again, these transitions just talking about that. When you in a space where like every statement about something that has happened, your your brain is almost receiving it as true until you read it differently. Mm-hmm. When you read it, it's almost this read like it's true. Right. Like, 
Bert and Ernie were serial killers. Like you had to almost like take that into consideration <laughs> you know, like, before you, before you read, before your brain tells you that's not true. Bert and Ernie weren't serial Bert, killers. Bert and no, Ernie, they're, they're puppets. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, but you read it first, like Bert and Ernie were serial killers. Oh man! And that's how Twitter can be setting your, you know, having your brain kind of highly connected to your cortisol levels going up. So, you know, I think um, for a lot of us, the the pandemic has shown that we need to have a different relationship to work. Mm-hmm. That for our own health and wellness, we have to have a different relationship to work. Mm-hmm. That work is good and the words ODB <laughs> work is central to many of our lives for a variety of different reasons um, but that you know we have to detach some of that you know mm-hmm. what I mean and I think the transition where work and work in America is going to be a, a challenge going forward right because there are a lot of people for you know the variety of reasons who have said I ain't going mm-hmm. right I'm not going <laughs> so they have redefined their relationship to work yeah. on one level, right? And I think it, it's bringing up a needed dialogue around how much is worth what. Right. Mm-hmm. Then on the other side, I think we've recognized how much, you know, how much of a world was connected and is connected to us going to work, a.k.a. coffee shops. Mm-hmm. Right? How coffee shops in the morning look like, you know, Harlem in the 70s. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just lines down the street, mm-hmm. right? Because people who are tired are getting up and using getting a jolt of caffeine mm-hmm. to start their day, yeah. right? That is a total construct of American society. Mm-hmm. That's a total construct of where we are. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was a time where the only people that got up and drank coffee in the morning were longshoremen. <laughs> Guys at the docks, right? Like in the little small cup, in the little small coffee cups, in the blue coffee cups. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, like you know, with or the styrofoam, with the, or, the, or styrofoam, right? Dig what I'm saying? Where now, like, we can get a ten dollar cup of coffee, right? But a lot of that shift is a shift of our society and people being tired, mm-hmm. right? So I, I do think there's an opportunity here for me. I will say is I begin some transitions, which I. We'll talk about, um, at, at, you know, if so the yeah. the transition. Well, no, I mean it's by the time someone heard it, anyone listening probably knows that I'm going to another job. But um, <laughs> yeah, but leaving leaving the city of Pittsburgh and going, you know, to um, serve as the chief equity officer for the Allegheny Conference. Um, the Allegheny Conference is the civic organization for the ten region, ten county region of southwestern Pennsylvania. Um, new position and really just about thinking about what role does the civic sphere play and in this context civic sphere uh, I define as a business community philanthropic community and other large institutions right mm-hmm. you know because sometimes our nonprofits, our big nonprofits exist in this kind of weird space we don't call them businesses because they're quote unquote charities but they function like small countries mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we say institutions yeah and really thinking about how the civic sphere can be used to forward equity. Mm-hmm. Um, we know, I think, rightfully so, how the government should be used to form it equity. Um, in my last years, um, specifically two and a half years as chief equity officer, 
but even working with, you know, kind of um, organizations like GARE and Government Alliance for Racial Equity and PolicyLink and other organizations have made it clear about how you need to use it in the public sphere. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and now thinking about how do you do it in the civic sphere. But that kind of going to, again, to that transition of, you know, how do we understand work in the best way to be successful utilizing the tools that we have? And part of that is just kind of agreeing on something, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which is why I like the Geneva Accords and COP21 and all these different awards when people go in other countries and agree on stuff. It actually means something. Yeah. They want to agree to go do something yeah. and then come back and say, did you do it? Right, and so we have to do that. I would argue, from a civic perspective, when it comes to racial equity and racial economic equity in particular, mm -hmm. um, but that does that does take a change in mentality, right? Because now you're starting to have a you you need to have a macro conversation because it's simply not about um, what's working in in Homewood, right? But now what's working in Uniontown or not working in Uniontown, mm -hmm. right? What's working in Beaver, Pennsylvania? differently than I would have thought it was working in Washington, Pennsylvania, right? Because mm -hmm. black folks is there too, you know, and I think sometimes we can get into, we fundamentally think of, of black folks as urban. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Forgetting that obviously there's a burgeoning suburban conversation, which I think we'll get to at one point, uh, not today, but at one point. And then there's rural or small town black folks. Yeah. Right in every in every state in not, every state you know, it's some not, states more than others some states <laughs> right some states more than others so just how do we start to think about the lives of all black people <laughs> not just the black people that you see sometimes and not just the black people that's discussed with gentrification yeah. um, you know but all black folks in small iron towns or steel towns or textile mill towns that have fallen on different times yeah. but yeah. they still got a community so and then and I think just from a an overarching point for those that might be listening, why it'd be important to think about that is is that, you know, the data shows that if black people are doing well typically in in the way America has existed, everybody's probably doing well. Right. <laughs> right. So so as an indicator of well, how is this going out there? It's like, well, how are your black people doing? You know what I'm saying? It, it might be might be, you know, you know, this is a Raji, it might be a seventy five percent baked, you know, take, you know what I mean, on the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, like it's something to think about, and also for me, my own thoughts is that when we think about opportunity, options, you know, directions, things that you can do, the the construct of, of the idea of targeting to where people have you know the highest need or the highest populations that makes total sense, right? In terms of scale and serviceability and, and responsiveness, but we don't then also want to limit the what are the options for for those for options what are the options right. <laughs> to then it just becomes well we can only make the options within this this smaller bu these buckets it's like no like we can have options that are but you know we have the options need to be broad they need to be right. vast you know what i mean if you want to give people the most opportunity to, a agency, to shape a future man. agency is a is a big thing and i you know this is i don't know if it's not it's not a hot take <laughs> but i think it's a conversation of because of what happens in urban areas and how I think we've been successful with painting narratives around what happens with black folks, it's been like, okay, well, you got, you know, you got to deal with the, the victims of gentrification and deal with the victims of police brutality and you need to solve something for them. And it's like, well, 
you should probably remedy the things that harm them, but you probably shouldn't solve for the problem. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the agency is really them solving for their own thing. And guess what? Some of them are going to do things you don't like. They're going to move next to you. <laughs> Some of them are going to stay where they, where they were. Mm-hmm. But that's the agency that, that everyone else in America, or I should say, when you know the systems create the context for people to have a variety of options. So we just have to be careful when trying to be thoughtful in serving communities that have been harmed, that we don't inadvertently limit their agency while looking to help them. And that ain't just that ain't just race. That's class, too. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. black folks can make the same mistake yeah. of limiting other people's agency from a lens of especially what happened in cities. Mm-hmm. Right? And then it's like, well, we need this because we should have this because we had this. But yeah, you had it because at, there was a time where black folks could not move outside of that thing. It was systemically structured like that. Right. There were also very harmful things that happened when people were forced to leave. So there are some people who were forced to leave and some people who chose to leave. Mm-hmm. And so we, I think, just have to keep that front of mind yeah. when it comes to opportunities and options and, and what those solutions look like. Indeed, indeed. So, you know, there's some, some other aspects and pieces within that that I want to come back to, but I want to, you know, start to bring us to a close on, on this particular conversation on transitions. And so, um, you know, what would be a, a closing, you know, just because for a lot of folks, you know, the city of Portland exists as this, you know what I'm saying, oh, this this other thing, like, you know, oh, what are they doing in Portland? And, and then people are like, are y'all out in Portland? Or like, are the Proud Boys <laughs> chasing you through the streets? Or, or vice versa? You know how you feel? You feel like Antifa chasing you through the streets? And it's like, you know the reality of these things are not they're not they're not what it looks like when you see it on the news right so you know you've been out here before um, but TV. i think it's different i, I think you know I, mean? I think this place is different i think again kind of going back to our original point about this, the 21st century challenges and i mean we just you have a host of challenges here i mean you have an amazing beautiful city um that has a deep and pernicious issue when it comes to people without homes or addresses, depending Mm -hmm. on how you choose to to find them. Um, And obviously there are some accompanying mental health issues as well that are, that are present. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And there's some um, use of, 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 you know, substances that are connected to, to these things as well. Um, And so it's kind of like, Everyone knows or thinks of being a hipster's paradise, and that it, it is. Uh, amazing food trucks and kombuchas and shit. <laughs> but it's also a place with some deep, deep challenges around, you know, uh, people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do you, how when you have a beautiful place that a lot of people want to be, mm. how do you make room for everybody? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think... Um, Seeing this space as we transition into the fall actually has been um, insightful because, um, you know, it's one thing if, you know, I went to Cabo and then got back <laughs> on a plane from Cabo and then got back to got to, to back to the States and got on the highway, had to go to A plus or 7-Eleven or something, right? That kind of is that's a real letdown. Like he came from Cabo. and now White he, sand beaches. White sand, yeah, he came from white sand beaches and now you got to go stop at the gas station and get Aquafina. Like, you know what I mean? Like... You know, so this is like a transition from 
a beautiful place um and 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 you know all that to really just think about what are cities and regions because i think it's important with this like cities don't exist in isolation mm -hmm. and we often again going back to this narrative we frame cities as like this citadel and that these borders around it there are no these borders that these places function as a region like going out to well even vancouver going out to, you know what I'm saying, Beaverton. and These places exist as, as regions, man, and we have to see the regions and see the health of the regions as interconnected. So, um, you know, the transition really thinking about, you know, a place like Pittsburgh and thinking about it in a regional context, not in these borders that we imagine are real that only mm -hmm. matter for taxes. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Like they only matter for taxes. They don't matter when it comes to anything else. Mm -hmm. And then how do you, you know, that and just the broader, the broader regional issues. So, so yeah. All right. So I'll close this with this and say, you know, it's been a pleasure being able to host you for a couple of days and see, see the sites and um, feel the city. But it's, it's, um, it also is good for me because, you know, there's things that when you, when you live where you live, you don't go do because you live there all the time. Right. <laughs> You're like, well, I don't got to go do that. I, 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 it'll be there tomorrow. It'll be there next week. And I think, um. I mean, you know, I think as we get through this fall and, and winter, um, you know, with, with my hopes that the, you know, our endemic challenge, um, you know, hopefully is manageable um, through this phase and we go to the next, like, what will the, the, the next months um, look like? You know, I think cities and regions are going to um, have an opportunity to think about how do you get folks reengaged and how do we actually appreciate the value that is that this overall you know global pan pandemic transition has showed you know and put in stark relief you know every where everyone fits and how actually you know in some cases a lot of us are, a lot of people who some people like to think are not very important are very important um, but also how important how we communicate how we talk to each other how we engage how we get our information how important all those things are. So we'll see, we'll see. And, um, you know, but we'll say something for later, as they say. So with that, I'm going to say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic. Uh, thank you to um, all the things we did while he was out here in the town for a short, short bubble. Um, you know, one love my man, Sam, and, um, and, and uh, other folks and other things and other operations. As always, you can support the podcast by sharing, uh, by becoming a patron. Uh, you can also support by going to the Etsy store, buy a sweatshirt or a mug. Um, most important, though, is to share. Uh, go to the site and leave a review. Go to wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and subscribe. And you know, raise the ability for others to find what we're creating. So, um, as I stated, and I apologize um, if you were waiting and you're like, man, I ain't got a podcast in like double digit days, you know. That's what the name of this episode is about transitions. Your brother's in a transition, but we're going to, you know, we come through the other side. It's going to be glorious, glorious. So, in any event, thank you for listening. I appreciate you. And, um, you know, do the right thing. So, with that, I say peace.